speak today. Um, we have several mothers that we're going to give special recognition to this morning. Our first mother is going to be our senior church mother, Sister Lyons. We want to uh, give her a card from the church and uh, recognize her as being our senior mother this year. Uh, we also have drawn names, um, two names from those mothers that are present in Sunday school. And I was told to make sure you knew that Sister Tisha drew these names, that Brother Aaron and Brother Cody did not draw these names. Uh, we have a card, special recognition for Sister Tanya Tart. Her name was drawn this morning. And Sister Candace Davis. So you receive our extra gifts this year, a special recognition. Uh, we also have gifts on our foyer table out there for every mother that's attending today's service. So if you'll go by and pick up one of those gifts and take home with you. Um, in the bulletin it says, I remember my mother's prayers and they have always followed me. They have clung to me all my life. That's Abraham Lincoln. I also want to recognize and say a special thank you to Sister Beverly and to Sister Candace. They helped uh, last Friday night we had our Mother's Day dinner. They helped tremendously with that as far as decorating, serving, cleaning up the whole thing. So I deeply appreciate their sacrifice of help for that dinner. It was deeply appreciated. So again, we're so glad and honored to have every one of our mothers. We hope that you have a special day. We hope fathers, sons, daughters, that you've taken special time out of this day and recognize your mother. And also keep those in prayer that um, maybe they have lost their mothers this year. They're having a, a little hard time today. So let's remember them in prayer. God bless you. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for our mothers. Amen. Would you stand? Let's open in prayer. Amen. And ask God to have his way in this service this morning. Heavenly Father, we come to you, God. We thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us, God. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your goodness, God. And we pray this day, Lord, that you would move in this service. Let heaven come down. We pray, Spirit of God, have your way throughout uh, everything that's said and done. God, touch every heart, every life. In Jesus' wonderful and glorious uh, name we pray. Amen and amen. This morning we're going to be having a special choir. All the, all the ladies that will, please come and help us.
let my life be a light to some soul. And let my life be a light shining out through the night. May I help struggling ones to the bone. Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the long. Let my life be a light to some soul. Give me wisdom and power every day, every hour. Let me drink from the fountain above. Got my footsteps arrived through the dark, stormy night. Give me peace, give me joy, give me love. And let my life be a light shining out through the night. May I help struggling ones to the bone. Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the bold. Let my life be a light to some soul. Give me souls for my heart. Let my life be on fire. Shining out to the world as a guide. Help me hope that in heaven we shall ever abide. And let my life be a light shining out through the night. May I help struggling ones to the bone. Spreading cheer everywhere to the sad and the lone. Let my life be a light to some soul. Worry. 
Listen now. Why should I then care? Though the tempest may blow, if Jesus was close to my side, I'm living by faith. I'm living by faith. In Jesus above. In Jesus above. I trust and confide. I trust and confide. takes good, good care of us this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. So good, as we said earlier, to feel in God's house, feel the Spirit of God moving in our midst this morning. Amen. He's bringing His comfort and His peace to our heart. Amen. So good for me personally to be back in God's house, been away on vacation. Amen. Feels good. I miss. Amen. When I'm not able to be in church, I sure do miss it. Amen. It is good this morning to have all of our visitors. There's just so, so many here this morning, and we uh, we just want to let you know how much we love you, care about you. Amen. We're proud you're here this morning. Please allow God to speak to you. Amen. God directs our steps. We're not here by any, anything other than the sovereign will of God. And he wants to help you this morning. He's got something good for you. He wants you to leave from here different. Amen. Amen. It is time to receive the offering if the ushers have come forward. Amen. It is so good to serve a God that takes care of all of our needs. Amen. Whether they're big or small. Amen. He constantly reminds us how, amen, how, he t how good uh, the, the care that he gives to us this morning. And we know that his word, he said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Amen. That's in this church. Amen. And God would, after that, he promised that he'd pour us out a blessing. There'll not be room enough to receive it. What a promise. Amen. That if we take God at his word, love him, give him the best we've got, that he is going to take a abundantly good care of us. Amen. What a what an awesome God we serve. Amen. I do feel his presence here this morning. Brother Buddy, would you uh, pray over our offering?
Amen and amen. glad I'm washed in the blood of Jesus today. Feel his presence in this house. For the cleansing power Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace and power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Oh, are you washed in the blood? In the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed? garments that are stained with sin and be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there's a fountain flowing for the soul unclean. My God, there's a fountain flowing. Oh, when the bridegroom coming with your robe be white, pure and white in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, will your soul be ready for the mansion's bright? Are you washed? Oh, are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Spotless are they white? As so are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Put your hands together with the musicians one more time. Church, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house this morning. one more time. Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Amen. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb today? Amen. Worship with them as they sing.
the love of Jesus this morning. If you believe that, say amen. He loved us and died for us, the Bible said, when we were yet sinners. He loved us when we were unlovable. He gave himself for us. We could just have that same love. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, baby. Good singing this morning. Enjoyed that. I want to, along with Brother Jeff and my wife and others, wish all of our mothers a very Happy Mother's Day today. I want to wish my mother and my wife and my two daughters. This is Candace's first Mother's Day, a special Mother's Day for her. And all of you, we love you and we appreciate you. I tried to do good this morning by my wife and, and uh, being Mother's Day and take some of the, the work off of her. Our, our day began about uh, a little before around 6 o'clock or so. And uh, she had gotten up out of the bed. She's got, she's got a routine she goes through every morning. I knew she'd be coming back that way. And uh, I, I hid in the closet. And she came back in. She couldn't see in that closet. Her eyes hadn't adjusted to the dark. I was about that far away from the edge of her nose. And she reached up to unhang something from the door. When she did, she brushed my face with her hand as she went up. And like to die, like to had a heart attack. I said, Happy Mother's Day. Amen. <laughs> So I, I kicked it in double time and tried to make up this morning with coffee and a few dishes and things, you know, just to kind of make up, I thought. Sometimes you think it's a great idea to do things, and you find out it may not have been such a great idea. And guys always have a contingency. I've been married 30, listen, 30 years. If there's one thing among the many I have learned in 30 years, always have a contingency because you're going to mess up. It's not going to be her fault. It's going to be your fault. You're going to make a bad call. You're going to think something is hilarious. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you're going to think it's hilarious. You're going to find out it wasn't as funny as you thought it was. Have a contingency plan. Have some kind of little trick or show off. You can say, look what I can do. Do something. You know, do something. Amen. But I, I do appreciate my wife, the mother she is and always has been. And I appreciate all of you today. I feel the Lord here this morning. My goodness. I've, oh, my. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this house today. Hallelujah. I feel his presence moving and stirring in my soul and in this congregation this morning. I wonder today what God has designed to do on this special day. Don't ever come to church on a special day with preconceived ideas of the way things have to be. <laughs> There's one thing God can do is mess up what you think things, the way things have to be. God may save somebody this morning. Amen. God may heal somebody. Somebody may have gotten a terrible report from a doctor. You may have walked in this church house this morning sick in your body. Everything about you confirming everything that doctor said, and all of a sudden you may feel the change come. Oh, my God. Somebody here today may have been struggling with something for a while. I mean, you've been in a spiritual battle. That thing has had you perplexed and has had you down and had you uh, under the gun and stressed out. And somewhere along the way during the preaching of the altar service, you may just feel the burden lift this morning. God set you free from that, and you walk out and struggle with it no more. Hallelujah. You see, that's the kind of God we serve. The Bible said he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above. I'm glad those words are in there. 
exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or think. I got a pretty big imagination. I can ask God for big things. But it amazes me at the times I look back over my life when I've asked God for big things <laughs> and God done bigger things. Oh, my God. That's a message in itself right there, isn't it? Amen. I have a very important meeting coming up. You're going to stand with me this morning and turn in your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 19. I have a very important meeting coming up. I've been called out to a meeting uh, this Tuesday. I'm going to try my best to make it back by prayer meeting. That's a very important meeting where ministry is concerned, and I ask for your prayers. I ask you to just pray that the will of God would be done. Amen. You know, the Bible said, ask of me, and I'll give you the heathen for an inheritance, and the uttermost part of the earth shall be your possession. Now, we know God was speaking prophetically to the Son. I've quoted that and had people come back and say, well, God wasn't talking to you. He's talking to Jesus and prophecy. I know that, but I'm in the Son, and we're in the body. And he said, if you'll ask me, I'll give you the heathen and the uttermost part of your earth, of the earth, rather, shall be your possession. So you know what I did when I read that? I said, God, would you just give us the heathen? Would you just go ahead and give us the uttermost part of the earth? And God said, I'll give it to you. And it looks like that's exactly what the Lord is doing. So I want you to be much in prayer. John chapter 19 and verse number 30. How many thank God for a finished work this morning? The Bible said, when Jesus, therefore, had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. He said, it is finished. Now, the English language is the most expressive language in the world. We have a word for every meaning and a meaning for every little word. But oftentimes in other languages, one word might cover an entire phrase and might carry with that several different meanings. So the Greek word for it is finished is the word to telestai. That's what Jesus said from the cross, the one word. And it said, and he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Would you point your hand this way and let's ask the Lord to anoint us together this morning. Father, we love you today. Father, I thank you for what we have already felt in this worship service on this very special day. God, I thank you for my mother who is present, my wife and daughters, her mothers, and all the mothers that are in this house today. And I pray, God, for your special blessings on their lives. Let this day be a day of fresh blessing upon each and every one. And I ask you, God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to anoint me to preach what you've laid upon my heart today. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said amen. And amen. You might be seated. We've been very busy lately, and uh, my wife approached me and said, uh, I'll be speaking for Mother's Day. And anytime she tells me I'll be speaking, I just say, uh, yes, ma'am. And uh, with life being so busy, she uh, said a few weeks back, she said, it doesn't look like I'm uh, going to be able to uh, speak on Mother's Day. You just go right ahead. When she says you go right ahead, I just say, yes, ma'am. I'm always happy to preach. <laughs> Amen. And she said, just don't get up there, please, on Mother's Day and preach on hell. I have been notorious on special days, preaching to captive audiences and preaching messages on hell and the tribulation. And uh, so Katie, my oldest, said last night, said, 
We want a, we want a good message, Daddy, in short time. Don't take all day to get it done. I said, what are you going to preach? I'm going to preach a three-point outline. I said, hell is real, hell is hot, and you don't want to go there. Amen. But, you know, I changed that somewhere along the line. And so I'm just going to deliver to you what I've got here today. I want to deal with that phrase, it is finished. The phrase, it is finished, the Greek word, to tell us, stay I. The word is unfamiliar to us, but was used by various people in everyday life, in Bible days. For instance, a servant would use it when reporting to his or her master. I have completed the work assigned to me, to tell us, stay I. When a priest examined an animal sacrifice and found it faultless, this word, to tell us, stay I, would also apply. Uh, Wiersbe says, perhaps the most meaningful meaning of tetelestai was that, that used by the merchants, which meant the debt is paid in full. The word means it is finished or it stands finished and it always will be finished and the debt is paid in full. And these words specify from the cross, not the end of Jesus' life, but rather the completion of Jesus' task. The verb tense is perfect. It is finished. It is done. The purpose of his hour had been completed, and the consequences of his work are now enduring. The history-long plan of redeeming man was finished. The message of God to man was finished. The work done by Jesus as a man on this earth were finished. The task of selecting and training ambassadors was finished. The job was finished. The fat lady sang and she left the building. The blood had been poured. The sacrifice had been made. The sting of death had been removed. It was over. You see, when Jesus gave himself on the cross, he fully met the righteous demands of a holy God and the law, and he paid our debt in full. It is finished. We're able to sing old songs like the old hymnal that says, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. You know that song is very definitive. and It carries with it a very definite message. It's not a hope so or a maybe so salvation. We don't put our hopes and our dreams on something that might or might not be true. It is a no so. And so we can stand with confidence and say, I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. Oh, what a wonderful, wonderful thing it is to know today that without a shadow of a doubt, the blood has washed us and we are saved. Our name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You know, in the New Testament, when Jesus sent the 70 out, they went out, they preached the kingdom, they healed the sick, they cast out the devils. They came back to the Lord, and their testimony was, we've preached, we've healed, we've cast out devils, and we've done all these wonderful things. Jesus said, in essence, boys, I'm going to give you something to shout about here. All of that's well and good that you could heal some sick and cast out some devils. He wasn't refuting or rebuking them for rejoicing in the fact that they had power to cast out devils. But he said, son, don't rejoice because devils are, are subject unto you. Rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. 
if our name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, then no good blessing, no authority, and nothing of the kingdom of God is available to us. But if we are washed, hallelujah, oh my, thank God for the day when the red blood of Jesus washed a black heart filled with sin and made it white as snow, and a name was added to heaven's roster, hallelujah. A name was written in the Lamb's book of life, hallelujah. That book is a book of life. That means eternal life. I have eternal life because Jesus washed me. Jesus cleansed me. Jesus saved me. Oh my, somebody get a hold of what I'm preaching about in this house today. That work at Calvary was perfectly done by the only one who was worthy to do the work. You see, up until that time, there's a day of atonement and a spotless lamb was offered in, in the holy place, in the temple of God by the high priest. But 2,000 years ago, when Jesus died on Calvary's cross and when he shed his blood, he was the one sacrifice, the supreme sacrifice without spot, without blemish, a sacrifice in whom God found no fault at all. And when that blood was shed, hallelujah, it was shed for the cleansing of our sins. Oh my, for the Bible said without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. But with the shedding of blood, our sins are remitted. Oh my, somebody shout hallelujah in this house. Amen to tell us, stay I. It is finished. It is done. It stands finished. It is complete. The debt is paid in full. I owed a debt I could not pay. He paid a debt he did not owe. And because he paid my sin debt, I can stand behind this pulpit with confidence that I've been washed. I've been born again. My name's in the book of life. And heaven is my home. That's something to shout about right there, church. That's something to clap your hands about right there. No matter what you face, no matter what you go through, no matter what your trial, no matter what your battle, no matter what your crisis, no matter how dark it looks, you can rejoice, Jesus said, because your name is in the book of life. Woo. Amen. That means it's going to get better than it is right now. Great God. That means it's going to get better than it is down here. Oh, my, so the present crisis and the trials do not define our eternity. Is that right? The apostle Paul said, if I had hope in this life only, I would be of all men most miserable. He was saying, I've got a better hope. I'm getting ahead of myself here. So the work was perfectly done by the only one who was worthy. We see his worthiness in Revelations chapter 5. The Bible tells us he was the only one worthy to take the book and loose the seals of judgment because he was the only one worthy who was uh, worthy to offer redemption to mankind. You see, the old law had its place, but the old law was weak and faulty. But now we have a better covenant. Somebody say a better covenant. And the Bible said it's built upon better promises. Oh, my.
in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down at the right hand of God from a henceforth, expecting till his enemies be made his footstool. Hallelujah. For by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Oh, and the Bible also said for both he that sanctifieth and those who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. So I got a lot of reasons to shout this morning. I can shout, amen, because my name is in the Lamb's book of life. I can shout because God is my father. Jesus is my elder brother. And the church is my family. Hallelujah. Amen. Everything that are sanctified, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I'll put my laws into their hearts. That law that was written on stone is written in this heart. And in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will be remembered no more. Now where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. And I want us to read past that and not understand what the Bible is saying to us here. Amen. When we become a part of this glorious kingdom of God, when we're washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, when we have been cleansed, it means that we have been truly cleansed. It means that we have been forever cleansed. There's no need for a second sacrifice over sin that's been committed and repented of. He don't have to die twice to forgive what I say. Lord, I'm sorry of. Would you wash me? Would you forgive me. Is there anything in your past? Is there anything in your life you'd like to be able to say, I've erased that. It's gone. I can't remember that. Amen. I, I, I can't recall that. Well, the Bible said as far as the, let's see here, as the east is from the west. God said, that's how far your iniquities have been removed from you. Feel like preaching right here. Now the devil will remind you once in a while of what you've done in your past. The devil will remind you of that terrible sin that you committed that brought you shame and brought God shame and probably others shame, maybe even your family. But God said as far as the east is removed from the west, he has removed our iniquities from us. You know what? I've studied some things about this universe. Amen. I never found where east and west ever come together again. You see, east and west is a flat line in two opposite directions. Not triangles, not a sphere, not a circle, amen, but a flat line. My God, I feel of the Holy Ghost in this house. A flat line moving in two opposite directions. And when Jesus said from the cross to tell us, stay I, he said, I have removed your sin. And he said here in Hebrews, and their sins will I remember no more. 
He said, don't talk to me about it. I don't know what you're talking about. So he said, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of these is, there's no more offering for sin. In other words, that alcoholism is remitted. That drug addiction is remitted. That lust is remitted. That adultery is remitted. Come on, somebody say amen. That murder is remitted. That thievery is remitted. That lie is remitted. Oh, if you can name it, it's been forgiven. If you can name it, it's been remitted. For the Bible said that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Somebody say all sin. That's ever sin. Amen. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. That's a better covenant right there, church. I said that's a better covenant. This covenant doesn't just cover Amen. Sins of the past. It covers everything. It covers the sin and the sinner. The old, oh my God, somebody. Hallelujah. We're a new creature, the Bible said, in Christ Jesus. You're not that same man you were when you were living according to your sin, following the passion of your flesh. If you've been washed in the blood, the Bible said you've been born again. God, that's a new birth. That's a rebirth. Smart men can't figure that out. Smart people can't figure that out. They just tell you every man alive has been born of a woman. That's true. But if you've been washed in the blood, you've been born again. I'm a twice-born man this morning. Nicodemus tried to figure that one out. And he said, Lord, what do you mean I must be born again? Can I enter again into my mother's womb the Second time, oh, no, son, you got that. You're confused. Let me help you here because you're confused, Nicodemus. You see, he said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. He said, I'm talking about a, a spiritual rebirth where everything of that old nature and that old life is lost, cleansed, done away with. You now walk as a new man in a new life. The devil's not your master anymore. Sin is not your master anymore. Because on Calvary, Jesus bowed his head and said to tell us, stay I. It is finished. It is done. When that blood touched the earth, it cleansed the earth. And there's still a fountain drawn from Emmanuel's veins that yet and still cleanses sinners from every guilty stain. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. I don't care about your past. Jesus Christ is able to save today. 
hallelujah. That message is local and that message is universal. You can preach it around this world and it sets men free. It breaks chains. It delivers. Hallelujah. And the chain breaker and the deliverer is in this house today. Don't you look at the mess you made out of your life. Don't you look at the greatness of your sin and say, surely he can't do anything about this. I tell you, he can. Some folks don't know that yet. So we got to tell them. We got to show them. Praying with a young man. In an altar years ago, I said, Lord, save him. I said, son, call on Jesus, ask him to save you. He said, you don't understand. I've done too much. It, it, it wasn't empathy that I felt for him when he said that. It wasn't sympathy that I felt for him when I said that. For whatever reasons... I got angry. I, I got a little offended. You mean to tell me that everything I've based my life on, everything I preach, everything I believe comes to a screeching halt because mine and your paths crossed? That's what I'm feeling down deep inside. You mean to tell me that now that I've run up to you, I can't preach this anymore. That you've all of a sudden come up with something that his blood can't, oh God, son, that his blood can't cleanse and that he can't forgive. And I said to him, I said, no, no, it's not I that misunderstands. It's you, the blood of Jesus Christ, God, son. It is an affront to God. It is an affront to Christ to lift your situation up and say to him, you can't do anything about this. I tell you, the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, is able to cleanse from death. He didn't die on a cross for you to do something that he couldn't forgive. Come on, somebody say amen. He didn't die on a cross to send you to hell for the wreck you've made and the mess you've made. He died that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Yes, he's a deliverer. Yes, he's a chain breaker. Oh my, but the Bible also tells us he's a life giver. Hallelujah. He'll give you life. Oh, the Bible said for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. That's Bible. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I don't care what somebody else told you. He gives abundant life. Whoa. He forgives sin. Hmm. Whatever reasons the word, the punks, the drunks, and the skunks come to mind. Which were you? 
I don't know. I just know I fell in that category where it said, and such were some of you, but now are you washed? So don't come in and tell me what he can't do because if he can't do it for you, he didn't do it for me. Ain't nobody going to jeopardize this for me. I believe this. Oh, my God. Billy Sunday once said there are 256 names in the Bible for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I suppose this was because he was infinitely beyond all that any name could express. And that is Bible because the Word said that God also hath highly exalted him, given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in earth, things under the earth, and you know the rest. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He done a greater work. He done a better work. He has a greater name. His name is greater because he is greater. And throughout Hebrews, we're told how much greater, how much better he is. The Bible tells us he's better than the angels. You may not remember this, but back in the 90s in that charismatic revival, people were worshiping angels. You remember that? And they, they uh, said, caught angel feathers and, and, you know, all kind of stuff. The devil has always tried through the years to move the focus off of Christ. You try to worship anything or anybody other than Christ, you're, you're trying to worship something or somebody far superior, I mean far inferior to the one who's actually worthy of your worship and your praise. We can't get sidetracked. The Bible said he's better than the angels. He's better than any man, man that's ever lived. He's better than the high priest that ever offered a sacrifice. And he offers to the church a better covenant than man has ever known. And he himself was a better sacrifice. You see, Jesus is great. Greater and Jesus is better than it all. Now, why would that be important for us to know? Something that should be a given, that Jesus is better than all. Because if we don't realize how much better Jesus is, then anything we could possibly think or know, then we could forfeit all the benefits of his great graces. There's one thing I want to know when I open my eyes in the morning and go through my day. It's that Jesus is greater that Jesus is better. Hallelujah. He's greater than any devil, greater than any problem, greater than any crisis, greater than any trial. Hallelujah. He is greater, he is better, and he is mine. I'm redeemed by love divine. Glory, glory, Christ is mine. Hallelujah. I am his and he is mine. Hallelujah. You got to know that today. You got to know Jesus reigns on the throne of your heart and that you are in Christ. If you don't know anything else, it's worth everything to know that. So when we come to consider what the Bible's telling us about this great work that was done, what do we learn about the completion of our redemption? We consider all that I've mentioned to you, what does it teach us? According to Jude, one and three, that once and for all, it was delivered to the saints. He finished it for us. His words, it is finished, provides for us a few benefits. Number one, atonement for sin. 
Warren Wiersbe writes, none of the Old Testament sacrifices could take away sin. Their blood only covered sin. But the Lamb of God shed his blood, and that blood takes away the sins of the world. John 1, 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. I don't think when people preach this sometimes, and when saints read this sometimes, they take in the full scope of what that Bible just said. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. You see, if we're not careful, we're prone to be local in our thinking, immediate in our thinking. Well, we can rejoice that he forgave my sin. We can rejoice that he forgave my son or my daughter or my husband, my wife, and even all the good saints in this church today. He done a wonderful work. Everybody we know here and have fellowship with has been washed in his blood that claims salvation. We rejoice over that. Oh, but that blood reaches around this world. Hallelujah. Oh, it reaches to the highest mountain. It flows oh, to the lowest valley. There's nobody, nowhere that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot reach them and wash them and save them from their sin. There's just some of them out there that don't know it yet. And church, we gotta go tell them. We gotta go tell them. You don't have to be bound by your witchcraft. You don't have to be bound by your sin. There's a man named Jesus who died on a cross 2,000 years ago who said it's finished. My God. Hebrews 9, 26 and 28. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it appointed, and as it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Oh, my God, is it just me or is it getting better? Anybody else this morning? It teaches us that Jesus' death conquered sin and death. He purged our sins, but he conquered sin and death. The Bible said in 1 John 1, 7 and 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship one with another, that's a continual thing. He, he died for, he bled for, he cleansed my sin 2,000 years ago, but it's a continual cleansing. Amen. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, cleanses us from all sin. The literal meaning of that is it is a daily declaration. Oh, oh, cleanse comes from a word that means to declare clean, to declare pure, to declare purified. When I woke 
woke up this morning, there was a declaration made over my soul. The Lord said, clean. Hallelujah. When I wake up on a Monday morning, there'll be another declaration declared over my soul. Clean. When I wake up Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and next Sunday, there'll be an everyday declaration along with fresh mercy that declares I've been cleansed. I've been washed. Hallelujah. I am clean. No matter what I've done, no matter where I've been, no matter what I've committed, nobody, no matter who heard about it, no matter who saw it, no matter who told the world about it, amen. Ah, God, I've been cleansed. I've been set free. I've been forgiven. Kenneth West says, and I'm closing, and while we are having fellowship with him, the blood of Jesus, his son, keeps constantly cleansing. Cleansing us from sins, sins of ignorance that we have not grown in grace enough to see even what they are. Now that sticks in some folks' crawl. The Bible says, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. What about that brand new convert? What about that one just comes into this life? Why? Does the Lord love him enough to extend to him fresh mercy and fresh grace? Oh, don't you worry. The Holy Ghost will let him know when he messes up. That's what the Holy Ghost does. But you understand, if we feel in our heart and in our mind that Jesus is standing ready to write the first person off that messes up without mercy, grace, or forgiveness, then most all of us here this morning are going to be in big trouble for the times we've done it on purpose. You know you have. I know I have. I know I've talked when I should have shut up. I know I've done when I should not have. And I knew when I'd done it, I was going to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Amen. So if he can't cover that one that's ignorant of what they're doing until they learn better, and there are some sanctimonious, long-nosed, beady-eyed, self-righteous hypocrites who'd send anybody to hell for the least discretion. I've met them. I've pastored them. What about this? What about that? The Holy Patrol. Amen. God's holiness police. They always got a finger to point. They always got something to uncover. Oh, they're, they're the revealers. Oh, my. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Sin is sin. Sin is wrong. Sin must be dealt with. But I'm not preaching a gospel that's looking to cut anybody out or send anybody to hell. Amen. I'm preaching a gospel about a man who loved us enough to give himself for us. Hallelujah. And here's the truth. Ain't any of us worthy for what we still receive. Not a one. Not a one. I'm not worthy of the fresh mercy I got this morning. I'm not worthy to walk in fellowship with him. But his blood has cleansed me. His blood has made me righteous. His blood has made me faultless in the eyes of a holy God. I'm only worthy if my worthiness is found 
found in this Christ. Come on, somebody say amen. He's the boat that takes us across the troubled waters into the presence of a holy God. He is the bridge between sinful man and a holy God. When he said it is finished, he said, I've built the bridge. I've made the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by Musicians, come and help me come to a close this morning. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? See, some, your conscience is your problem. I had a very good woman sit down in my house many years ago and said, I always think back on what I've done. The devil uses that to get me down. Well, the Bible said that he shed his blood to cleanse your conscience, to serve the living God. In Revelation chapter 1, John to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins with his own blood. Oh, look at you, Connor. You're dirty. You're a mess. I said about our grandson, we were on vacation. And I don't know if you have this problem. But most places that I go to don't carry Rocky Road ice cream anymore. And that bothers me. That's a real battle. Because that's my favorite ice cream in all the world. So we're on vacation last week and I walk in an ice cream store, Rocky Road. Oh, hallelujah. Thank God. And I like Rocky Road ice cream in a waffle cone. You can eat it in a bowl. I don't care. You ain't lived till you ate it in a waffle cone. And I like triple scoops. Every time, every time. Don't come at me with no double, triple. And I said to that young man behind the counter, said, can I help you, sir? I said, I want Rocky Road ice cream on a triple scoop. He said, that's the first time in my life I've ever heard anybody ask for that. I said, well, you sure learned you something today. You can stack three scoops of Rocky Road on top of a waffle cone, and it stands about that high. I got these boys back here. I'm telling you, brother, they're right on the edge of their seat now. You want to hear the rest of my story? That's good stuff, ain't it, son? You ever had Rocky Road ice cream? You have? How about you? You ain't? We got to get you some Rocky. Let's, let's buy some Rocky Road put back there. I was thinking not only about me, 
that grandson of mine's out there in the stroller. He loves chocolate ice cream. He'll almost lose his Jesus when you quit feeding him chocolate ice cream. And I took him out there and I got as much as I wanted and I just gave him the cone. And he had Rocky Road ice cream. I said, probably easier for Katie just to have it. Because they, they said, we got to clean him off. We got to go in the bathroom and he was everywhere. So you got to strip him down, take him and strip him down, clean him off. And I made the statement, it'd be easier for her to have another one than to clean him off. Did he come back so clean? But I remember when Jesus looked at me and said, yeah, it'd probably be easier just to wipe you out and start all over. But he said, here's what I'm going to do. You are a mess. You've done it. You've done this to yourself. You're a total mess. But he said, I'm going to take my blood from the life that I gave and I'm going to wash you with it and make you clean. The Bible said no greater love has any man than that. Who loves you the most? Who loves you the most? Your mother, your father, your dad, your wife, your husband? As much as they love you, I want you to understand something. I love my wife, my daughters, my son, and all those, those grandbabies. That little Adley and that little Blair, it's just a different kind of love. And for those of you that are blessed to be grandparents, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You don't love them more, you love them different. It's an unexplainable, unimaginable thing. But as much as I love them, and oh man, I'm telling you, wait till that. Much, as much as I love them, I can only love them according to what I can understand because I'm finite and I'm limited in my mind. I don't want to be. I don't want to be, but I am because I'm a human being. But Jesus' love is a limitless love. It's a matchless love. And as much as I love those babies and my children and my wife and my parents, as much as I love as much as I can, my love still does not reach the depth of the love of Jesus. I can only come close to that by loving someone in Christ. His love loving through me. So what I'm telling you this morning is 2,000 years ago when he said to Telestea, it is finished. He proved to you that he loves you more than anybody else in all this world. As much as you're loved, Jesus loves you more. If there's anybody here this morning and you feel like you're not loved, you're just wrong. You don't understand. Something got by you somewhere. You are loved. I've talked to people. I don't feel like anybody loves me. That's a terrible place to be. It's a terrible place to come to. I can tell you this morning, somebody loves you with all of your faults, hang-ups, issues, with a mess you've made out of your life, the trouble you've gotten in, or maybe the trouble you've caused others and yourself and all the problems, everything that comes with the package. Jesus loves you. And he finished something at Calvary that made a way for you to be a part of his glorious family. Would you stand with me here this morning?